Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for May 23rd is 2 Samuel 24, 1 Chronicles 21 and 22, and Psalm 30. Now, right off the bat, you may have noticed when you're reading, there seem to be a couple contradictions in this passage, and I love the chronological reading for this very reason. Because if we were just reading cover to cover in the order that the books come in most of our Bibles, we might not remember 2 Samuel by the time we get to 1 Chronicles. There's a lot of information, but when we read them side by side, it is very helpful for me, especially because a lot of Bible critics would say these are major flaws. It proves that the Bible is not reliable or accurate or true. And I would say, let's think about it. I mean, it's not my job to convince anybody, but I can present information, right? I can ask questions, and then people can choose for, their, for themselves if they want to believe it or not. Well, the first thing that we run into here is in the very opening verses. In Psalm, I'm sorry, in 2 Samuel 24, it says, Yahweh's anger burned against Israel, and he stirred up David against them to say, go count the people of Israel and Judah. In other words, don't trust in God, but go and have a census of your fighting men so that you know how many people you can depend on to go and fight your wars for you. So, it, it would be the complete opposite of the story of Gideon and his 300 soldiers defeating tens of thousands of their enemies. In and of itself, it presents a question like, God incited David almost so that he would have a reason to pour out judgment on the Israelites. That raises some deep theological questions in and of itself. But in 1 Chronicles, it says that Satan incited David. So which is it? Is it God? Is it Satan? Some people would say that's a major flaw in the scripture. Like, it can't be God and Satan. My question would be, why not? Is God not sovereign over all of creation, including Satan? I don't believe in a God who is evenly matched. Like, we are not this... Christianity does not believe the same way some far eastern ancient religions that there's this perfect balance between good and evil, like the yin and the yang. Like, God is limited in his power and... The enemy is limited in its power. Christianity maintains that God is sovereign. He is all-powerful. And he uses all things together for the good of his own purposes and of those people who love him and are called according to his purposes. So, God created Satan. God knew Satan was going to be doing the things that he's doing. 
God knew which people were going to partner with him, were going to fall into temptation, etc. Everything that Satan does is just working out the plan of the Most Holy God. This is a very deep topic, and we just don't have a lot of time for it, but maybe we'll devote a specific study to that alone if you guys are up for it. Let me know in the comments if you think that that's something that we should uh, dig a little deeper into. The second thing is in 2 Samuel, David buys this plot of land, this threshing floor, from a man named Aruana. Maybe that's not the exact pronunciation, but it's the best that I can do under these circumstances. And in Chronicles, it says David bought the land from a man named uh, Ornan. So it could be that this gentleman that David was dealing with went by more than one name. My name is David. You guys know me by David. When I go to, to school, my first name is John. So at the DMV, in court, <laughs> when I'm so fortunate to go, and when I go to school and the instructor calls me by my first name, and sometimes at work, I am known as John. So that, that could be explained that way. Also, these two names, at least some commentators, would say that these two names, including Strong's Concordance, these two names are very closely related, and Aruana is actually an, um, a variation of Ornan. So that's explainable that way. Okay, not saying anybody has to accept that, but it seems plausible, absolutely. The third thing is, in 2 Samuel, it says that David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. That'd be about around a little over $1,000 maybe in today's money. Um, maybe a little bit more. Price of silver is fluctuating a little bit, but not a ton of money. In Chronicles, it says that David bought the plot or the place for 600 shekels of gold, which would be a lot of money, like $100,000 or more maybe. So that's a big variation. But if you read it carefully in Samuel, it says specifically David bought the threshing floor, which would be like a little area, maybe the size of a modern day bedroom, and some oxen, a couple cows. So for just that, $1,000 might seem like a decent price, especially considering where the price of beef is today in America. Couple cows, $1,000 maybe, um, not too bad. But completely different than a hundred thousand dollars, you know, a lot of a lot of gold. But in Chronicles, when it says that David paid six hundred shekels of gold, it literally says the place for the place. So it gives the impression of the land surrounding, and this is the land where the temple was eventually built. So this isn't just like a a little postage stamp kind of an area. This is you know, probably an acre, a couple acres. And today, depending on the location, it's not uncommon to spend $100,000 on an acre of land. So I think that those, that final uh, supposed or alleged 
or um, potential contradiction is pretty easily explained. Guys, I hope this has been helpful. Again, let me know if you would like to hear or do a more in-depth study on the Lord, Yahweh, versus Satan, the accuser. And um, just finishing up in Psalm 30, the famous, famous verses about having joy in the morning come out of this psalm. It's written by David. And he expresses how important it is to worship God. He expresses how terrifying it is when you feel like you can't depend on God because God doesn't seem to be present and how hard that is as a man. In verse four, he says, sing to Yahweh, you faithful, you his faithful ones and praise his holy name for his anger lasts only for a moment but his favor, a lifetime, weeping may stay overnight or come in the evening. But there is joy in the morning. David says in verse 11, you turned my lament into dancing. You removed my sackcloth, which is worn during mourning, of course, and clothed me with gladness so that I can sing to you and not be silent. Yahweh, my God, I will praise you forever. And that is my prayer. May you praise him forever. May we praise him together for all of eternity. God bless you, my friends. We'll see you tomorrow.